Batman Universe Comic Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 13 of the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. I'm your host Dustin and as always we have with us... This is Apple. You got Josh. We are bringing you all the latest comic book news, book news, and your comic reviews for the weeks of... January 7th and January 14th. So we have four comics to cover from those two weeks, as well as we're going to have brief discussion after we do all the reviews about all the news that came out of New York Comic Con. So let's get right into our podcast with comic news. And here we go. There was a ton of interviews that happened prior to New York Comic Con. I don't really want to go over every single one of them because most of this stuff all ends up being announced one way or the other at Comic Con. But there was an interview that Mike Martz did with IGN, talking about all Batman Battle for the Cowl. There was an interview that Grant Morrison did with Newsrama, talking about the end of Final Crisis. There was an interview with Morrison again. He did an interview with IGN, talking about Final Crisis and R.I.P. Then Morrison talked to Newsrama, talking about coming back to Batman in June, which that's another thing we found out at Comic-Con. Morrison will be coming back to the main Batman title, Batman, in June. And they are not saying exactly how long he's going to be around for, but they are saying he's coming back. So, before we get into book news, let's just briefly talk about Final Crisis number 7, which came out just a couple weeks ago. In Final Crisis number 7, well, let's go ahead and rewind for the, the folks that didn't know about 6, where Batman was presumed dead. After uh, not an open six. fire. Yes. <laughs> and Superman carrying his lifeless body. <laughs> but, All uh, charred. <laughs> yeah. But in issue seven, it says, I guess what did they, did, it, it's supposed to be some kind of zone, some kind of, how, how would we describe it? Like, not purgatory. Oh, how would we describe Apple, it? Apple, are you trying to make sense out of a works of Grant Morrison? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not defending okay. the guy. I'm just saying. <laughs> now this is as near as I can tell. They, they they have like a funeral, and the funeral consists of literally two or three panels, which is kind of disappointing. You'd think that they would do a bigger event, but maybe they'll do it in the main books. And they put Batman's body in a rocket and send it off between space and time or whatever. And at the end, you see the rocket, and people are speculating that it's either the distant past or the distant future or another planet's. And the rockets open, some caveman or someone has Batman's utility belt, and you see Batman all shadowed, writing hieroglyphics on the wall of a bat. And in case you're still not sure if it's him, you see his bat bottoms, and his shadow is also a bat. So, this is Batman, in case you didn't know. I guess it's not his soul going into another dimension, because you see the rocket, so it's his body somehow got out of the rocket. It's How he went from extra crispy to back to normal... Okay. Yeah, it's it, it's magic. We don't have to explain it to borrow a line from Marvel. Yeah, so that was basically Final Crisis number seven. Not a whole lot having to do with Batman, but it basically gives you the impression that he's not dead after all, which is what we thought about when we talked about the last podcast, and we kind of knew he wasn't going to be dead. But one of the interesting remarks is that in one of the interviews that Morrison did with one of the major three outlets that report the comic book news, is that he said that Dan DiDio told him he had to put that final part with Batman so that everyone would know that Batman was not dead for sure. And Morrison didn't want to do that, but DiDio felt as if they didn't want to leave the possibility open for as many months while Battle for the Cow is continuing on. So Surprised they didn't milk it for longer. I mean, was it less than a month between issue 6 and 7? I think it was like one or two weeks. Yeah. But anyway, so that's Final Crisis 7, so if you didn't pick it up, now you know what happened. Now, the one other news that I wanted to point out, which you're not going to find anywhere, is on the last podcast, we knew that what the April solicitations were. Now, something interesting that I didn't notice until after we recorded the, the podcast was that Simon Dark is not appearing on the solicitations for April, which means the issue in March is the last issue, which I believe is issue number 18, is going to be the last issue of Simon Dark. So despite having somewhat of a decent reception by fans, it's not going to be continuing because of some of the information we found out at New York Comic Con, we are led to believe that it's not coming back, and the fact that it's on the solicitations for April is another thing. So if you don't read the Simon Dark series and you don't care about Simon Dark series, then 
don't worry because it'll be gone in a month. So that's all of the comic news we have. Moving right along into book news, there's only a couple new books coming out in the next couple weeks. The first one is Batman and the Outsiders, The Snare. And this is collecting Batman and the Outsiders number 6 through 10. And the solicitation reads, The Outsiders' latest mission ends up stranding one of their own in space while the rest of the team fights for their lives behind the Chinese borders. But can the struggling team learn to rely on its biggest loose cannon? This is going to be 128 pages, and it's going to be 14.99. And that is the only new book coming out in the next two weeks. So, Batman and the Outsiders fans, make sure you go pick that up. So it's going to lead us right over into our reviews. To the Batmobile. Let's go. And we're going to start with Nightwing number 152. Nightwing and Ra's al Ghul have a talk. The end. No, but seriously, <laughs> literally that is the whole book. And not to be too critical because the book's been great lately, this was pure filler. And I can try and stretch this out, but I mean, that's what it comes down to. Nightwing is in the Batcave and... The first few pages, we actually get a retrospective of all of Batman's costumes in display cases, including a Golden Age costume. Bunch of Ra's al Ghul ninjas come into the Batcave, and it's basically Ra's al Ghul's way of saying, Hey, Nightwing, call me. Why he couldn't just do it the way that he eventually wound up doing it anyway. Oh, by the way, we see the 1960s Batmobile in there, too. So they agree to meet in the desert, and he's like, You don't bring your friends, I don't bring mine. And it's basically them having a talk, and he says, I want to look into your eyes, because I would be able to tell by looking in if Batman was really dead or not. And Roz want to be the one to defeat him, and he's sad about that. He and Nightwing sword fight. Nightwing says, you never would have defeated him, because Batman's super awesome, and you're not. And <laughs> they go their separate ways. That's it. Literally. <laughs> Criminals thrive on the indulgence of society's understanding. That's going to lead us into Batman Confidential number 25. And this is the last of a four-part story arc with the Joker. Now, before, there, there have been many books, aside from the graphic novel of the Joker. Joker has never been as funny as he's been in this series right here. And I think a lot of Batman, well, Joker fans will actually agree with me that Joker has been awesome through here. And so the surprising part was, too, Joker had the detective's wife commit suicide. That's that's something classic Joker, the way he, he attempted that. And in this one, you have the, the officer trying to kill the Joker. And, of course, you know, Joker kind of, you know... It's like it's Joker, but you're not going to get the upper hand on the Joker, especially if you're trying to kill him. And so through this issue, you have that scenario. You have where the detective was trying to kill the Joker. But at the same time, you know, Joker's he's got to keep Batman alive. So that way, you know, he has somebody to play with, you know, <laughs> Batman Confidential was very fun. It's, it's, it's a very fun issue. And for fans that are just, I guess, expecting something from Batman Comics, this is what you kind of expect. If you don't, if you don't want to get into the continuity of the two major titles of Detective and Batman, but you just want to go ahead and have, I, I want to feel that Batman and Gotham, Confidential gave you that. And this four-story arc right here, this was like so sweet. It was so awesome, and totally loved it. I, I, I love this series. Let's put a smile on that face. <laughs> All right, so let's get to move this right into Simon Dark number sixteen. Now, this issue, I go back and forth with this, this series almost every single issue, whether or not I like it or whether or not I do like it. This one, the story starts out with Simon trying to, once again, try to hold a face for a decent amount of time. He is successful for a longer period than the last book, but that's it. He has an exchange with his creator and basically says, I wanted to tell you about how you got created, but I don't really think it's necessary and then he tells him that he's proud of him. We continue on to the morgue, where, as we know in the last issue, that other creature that looks very similar to Simon Dark <clears throat> beheaded somebody and then killed Tom. Now, what's interesting is that this person, Tom, we, we know has these powers where he can basically regenerate himself, snap himself back together, heal up, no problems. And that's what happens. The story continues with... The girl who's Simon's friend is walking to school, and Simon approaches her, and she walks to him and says, What are you doing? He says, I'm following you. She goes, You can't follow me all the time. He tells her that, that he loves her, 
and she says nothing, and he decides he's going to leave because he made a fool of himself. We go back to the morgue, where Tom is snapping himself back together, explains about the other creature that looks like Simon. Tom takes off. Then Simon's creator is trying to meet Simon to give him these tapes, uh, saying how he created him. Well, he runs into the Simon Dark lookalike, who basically says, I'm living even though you tried to kill me. And he says, I tried to give you life, it just didn't work. And he goes, no, you were just a poor junkie that I tried to do something good for. And he goes, it didn't work. And the issue ends with this guy picking up a giant rock and making it look like he's going to drop it on this guy's head. One hint, the worst is yet to come. Okay, and now, Detective Comics 852, Paul Dini's back after that little interlude with Denny O'Neill and everything, and he's continuing the storyline that he left off on with the R.I.P. crossover and name only, featuring Selena Kyle and Tom Yellett, a.k.a. Hush. Now, if you remember at the end of that storyline, Hush got his face surgically reconfigured to look just like Bruce Wayne, as well as his vocal cords, too, so he's now a dead ringer for Bruce Wayne. After taking Selena Kyle's heart, so recap, 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 but, you know, she got it back and selena kyle was not happy so she took his fortune so we open up tommy elliott's wandering the streets in the snow he's got his bandages on he's not too happy he's lost his fortune he's on the bridge and he's going to commit suicide he jumps off but some people rescue him he realizes when they mistake him for bruce wayne wait a second my life doesn't have to be over i'm a dead ringer for bruce wayne this can be something that i can use here he goes and heals. He tells the people to collect a reward at Wayne Manor. He takes some money, buys some stuff that he can at a gas station to clean up a little bit, and eventually builds his way up, you know, goes to a country club, finds an old cougar, kind of takes advantage of her hospitality and her money. They go out on one of her yachts where he does away with her, and he goes overseas, sells her yacht, and now he has some money and he has some mobility, and he looks like Bruce Wayne, and he wants to build back his fortune up, so he goes around to different places where Bruce Wayne owns some stock or in companies and stuff and, you know, gets what he can. Eventually, he winds up in Vietnam, and at this point, people are asking some questions, so he realizes he's got to get away. He's driving in his Jeep, and he gets attacked by a bunch of refugees or something, and they take him to a tent, and he comes face-to-face with Selena Kyle, who says, not an inviolable position to be in, Bruce Wayne. My heart goes out to you. And she says Bruce Wayne in a little quotation mark, so she knows that this isn't really Bruce and that it's Tommy, and obviously my heart goes out to you. Well, her heart literally did go out to him in the last story arc, so he's tied up right in front of Selena Kyle and a bunch of refugees with guns and swords and a tiger. So not a good position to be in if you're Tommy Elliot, and that's to be continued. I am Catwoman. Yeah. So then that's all of the comic reviews. Now let's do our review wrap-up real quick, starting with Nightwing. Uh, and that's pretty much it, but seriously, <laughs> the art's good, and Peter Tomasi's done good, but I feel like after the Two-Face story arc wrapped up, and even the end of last issue, I mean, it's like he's just buying time until the series ends now, and it's filler. And like I said, if I can sum up the whole book in one sentence then we have a problem. The art is still good, and I like the attention to detail with, you know, all of Batman's old costumes. And you know what? It's nice to see the Adam West Batmobile sometimes. So, mm-hmm. I guess two batterings out of five. That's going to take us to Batman Confidential 25. Chris Berg, I hope I, I, hope I said that right. Chris Berg, the, the writer, I love what he did with this story arc. I, I love what he did through this four-parter with the Joker. He made Joker very funny. It was very refreshing to just have that fun Joker back. And I completely loved it. Scott McDaniel, uh, he's a wonderful artist. He's always seems to get better. I wonder if sometimes he maybe had other jobs or other things he was getting to because some of the artwork did look kind of fast-paced, kind of fillerish, I guess you could kind of say. For $2.99, this book was awesome. I loved it. I'm going to go ahead and give this three batterings out of five. Alright, so then let's go over to Simon Dark, number 16. Like I said, my feelings on this series change every single issue. Now, the last issue was pretty good. This issue, once again, seemed like another filler that really had no real reason to be there. They spent the entire book doing absolutely nothing until the last two pages where the creator 
sees his first creation that failed and is about to kill him. As we all know, I'm not a huge fan of this art style by Scott Hampton, but I don't mind it. I'm just not a huge fan of it. Steve Niles, I'd say there was an attempt, but I think it's more of a he's trying to tell an entire story, and the fact that it's being spread out in these remaining issues that are left of this series is really kind of killing the series before it is actually killed. So with this one, I'm going to give it a measly one out of five. Okay, and now Detective Comics. This is this is good, and I'm glad that Paul Dini's on this book. And Hush was a character that a lot of people liked, but a lot of people also didn't like. Paul Dini's completely reinvented the character, give him new motivation, and the fact that he has Bruce Wayne's face, especially in a world now where Bruce Wayne isn't around, is making for some pretty interesting stuff. And most of the story was told from the point of view of Tommy Elliot, and you see how he cleverly builds up his fortune after basically being a homeless person on the streets about to commit suicide. Paul Dini's great, and when I read my comics, I like to have plots, subplots, different characters. The fact that this was able to hold my attention and keep me interested when it was just one person's point of view the whole time and minimal dialogue in between that, says a lot. My only complaint, the art, like I said before, some people's heads look like Easter Island statues, and that's not how humans look. At least not. I don't know what they're <laughs> drinking in Goth City, but no. But you know what? Great. And continuing on the whole Catwoman, Tommy Elliot plotline, four out of five batterings. Alright, so that's going to bring us into our discussion for this episode, which is the fallout of all the events that happened now, I shouldn't say all events, We're really just going to talk about the stuff that affects the comics. But there was a lot of news that came out. Now, one thing I want to bring up well before we get into anything is, as we mentioned in past episodes about what DC told us when we went to Wizard World Texas, about March and June were going to be huge months for Batman. Now, we found out March was going to be a huge month when they announced Battle for the Cowl, which we already kind of knew was going to happen. Battle for the Cowl, and then all of the one-shots and other miniseries that are playing into that story as well. Now, at New York Comic Con, we finally found out what exactly, why exactly June is going to be a, such a huge month. And we'll get to that in just a minute, but the first thing we need to talk about is the DC Nation panel. Now, mm. the very first thing was that there was a couple highlights that are relating to Batman. And here is some of them. The deal brought up the somewhat ambiguous status of Batman post-Final Crisis. Somebody asked him, why didn't you publicize that Batman was going to die in number six? DiDio said, voicing complaints, because we all knew he'd be back alive one or two weeks later, he answered. DiDio addressed confusion behind how Final Crisis and Batman R.I.P. both written by Grant Morrison flow. We are going to make sense of this, said DiDio, just for you, DiDio pointed to the projector, saying that the story started with the first issues R.I.P., going to that Final Crisis number one, and then the last issue of R.I.P., Batman number 681, then moving on to Final Crisis number three. After that falls the last right story, Batman number 682 to 683, and then Final Crisis number six. The next part after that, somewhat logically, was Final Crisis number seven. And then Greg Ruckus said, when you put it like that, it still doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I looked at the order that they put everything in, and it kind of does. You really have to, like, read these books sequentially to make it make sense. But the fact that they were put out months apart, it doesn't really work like that, so... The fact that you need a flow chart at a <laughs> convention to tell to help you understand the books tells you something right there. We, we, we shouldn't need all these extracurricular materials in order to understand the basic story. We should, in the old days, you know, before conventions and before the internet, people just had the comics to go by. I mean, the fact that all this... I mean, now, I thought that they made it pretty simple, though, because in that last rights issue, when Batman's in Darkseid's thing with the lump, even though that was confusing, it shows you, you know, him coming out of the river at the end of R.I.P., saying that he's going to investigate the Darkseid thing. I thought that that was, made sense, you know, connected the end of R.I.P., the final crisis, number one. Now, another thing that somebody asked was, are there any original graphic novels like the Azarello Berhimo Joker hardcover in the works? Dio answered absolutely. Now it seemed like his favorite answer for the night was absolutely because the other another question was asked: Is Superman Batman still continuing with Batman being dead? And he replied absolutely. So 
that's not necessarily a yes, that's not necessarily a no, absolutely, it just means they have plans, but that doesn't mean there's any plans that are actually going to be projected onto what we can buy in the next year. Now, another interesting remark, somebody asked about who the artist will be when Morrison comes back to Batman, and his reply was, yes, there will be an artist, and that's all they said. They never actually said who the artist was going to be. Now, something else that we kind of find, you kind of find out before the DC Nation panel, when you went to New York Comic Con on Friday, the program featured a preview of Detective Comics number 854 that will be coming out in June. Now, this comic preview featured Batwoman, and the story is being written by Greg Rucka, which we all know is he's previously written on Detective, as well as had a humongous influence with Gotham Central. Mm-hmm. And he will be coming back and doing Detective Comics for at least 12 issues. So that was the other big news that came, that they talked about a little bit at DC Nation. Somebody asked, how long will Greg Rucka be on Detective? And he said that he's going to be on Detective for at least 12 issues guaranteed. And the artist that he will be working with is J.H. Williams III. So that's an interesting little setup that they're doing, and I'm looking forward to that. And they'll be introducing Batwoman into the normal Batman continuity. Two or three years later, after the yeah. fact. After. Exactly. <laughs> after everybody knows about her already, too. So like, When yeah. did she debut? 2006? Yeah. So, 2009, she's finally debating. I think she met Nightwing a little bit during 52. That's about it. I mean, you know, I mean, she's been in stuff, but I mean, she's kind of been in her own little corner with Renee Montoya. Yeah, the, the the comment that they were they, that they made was that they've been trying to figure out exactly when to bring Batwoman in, and they kept putting it off because it just didn't seem like it was the right time. And according to what Greg Rucka said in a couple of interviews he did after New York Comic Con, he's actually been working on this Batwoman story for close to two years. So. They've been trying to figure out when exactly to put it on. They said that it makes more sense to put it out when this battle for the cowl is happening more than any other time in the past, which to me makes sense. So it could be like she's like she's going to help out while Batman's out. Yeah, and the yes. fact that she's going to be in the Detective Comics series as the main character is kind of interesting as well. I'd like to see her team up with Cass Kane, kind of back woman and back girl. You know, the old dynamic duo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, no, because in the Silver Age, they had, you know, Kathy Kane with her little bat purse and stuff, and then Betty Kane, you know. Betty with her. Kane. Neither of them looked like bats at all. I had no idea. And, like, they had, like, the bat lipstick and stuff, and, like, oh, we need to review some of those old ones sometimes just for laughs. All right, so then on February 7th, the Battle for the Cow panel happened, which was called the Battle for the Cow, but it was more having to do with Batman in general, more so than just Battle for the Cow. And the biggest news that came out of that is we found out why June is a huge month for Batman comics. And the reason being is that there will be eight different Batman series for comics come in June, and they will include the current Batman as Detective comics, Outsiders, which will no longer be Batman the Outsiders, just called Outsiders, Batman and Robin, Red Robin, Batgirl, Gotham City Sirens, and Batman Streets of Gotham. So, we get a Batgirl series, which I know somebody on the forums mentioned we hope that it's not Adam Beecham coming on to that. And that was me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, please, can we keep this guy away from Batgirl? I mean, ugh. So, we've got a lot of series coming out. And then on top of that, we've got, you know, we've, we've got all the battles for the cow stuff coming out March, May... March, April, and May, and then we've got eight series that we're going to be getting in June. So, you know, they they get rid Woo-hoo! of Birds of Prey, Nightwing, and Robin, and they replace it with six new series, or five new series. So, I can't complain. I really can't. Okay, now, one of those series we're going to have is called Batman Streets of Gotham. And for some reason, I, I'm really excited about that title. I want to know what it is. Now, Josh, I don't know if you enjoyed Gotham Central. I know me and Dustin enjoyed it. I wonder if it's going to be something like that, but I, I wonder what Streets of Gotham are going to be. Is it going to be like, you know, maybe that that um, that rough start? Because I always envision, you know how they have 24 and it breaks down the hours for you? Well, I always envision like maybe like a Batman, you know, day one one fifty two or something like that. You know what I mean? Just just breaking down the days for Batman while he was out there protecting Gotham. Well, I don't know 
necessarily that it's going to do like that because unless Batman comes back before the end of Battle for the Cow, I don't really see it, it playing out like that just because they would... Yeah, I, the, that's what I'm wondering. Be, right, all these stories will be following with what happened in Battle for the Cow. So unless Batman comes back, I don't really see that happening. Now, one thing that I do want to mention is that I think is interesting is that they're going to have a Red Robin series mm-hmm. and they're going to have a Batman and Robin series. No Nightwing, no Birds for, Birds of Prey. Okay, forget about Birds of Prey for a moment because they did say that Gotham City Sirens is going to feature a lot of the characters from Birds of Prey. What's interesting is there's no Nightwing, but there's still a Robin, and then there's a Red Robin. So by you know process of deduction, you know a thousand little calculations that you have to do, you can kind of put together that there will still be a Robin and there will be a Red Robin, but no Nightwing. Since there's no series. Oh, there is so, a Nightwing, but he's over in Superman now. Uh, yeah, we're not even going to get into that. I don't even want to bother talking about that. Somebody asked about that <laughs> at the, the panel, too, about, well, where's Nightwing? And somebody replied, well, he's over in Action Comics with Flamebird. Not the real Flamebird, but, you know, the Flamebird from Krypton, along with the Nightwing from Krypton. Uh, it has nothing to do with the Batman universe. So that was, a, that was just a cop-out answer of replying... And the reason being is because I am under the assumption that Nightwing is not going to be around post-Battle for the Cow. And that is my prediction. Because... Or the Nightwing persona. Right, right. My, my Well, exactly. Not Nightwing as a person going to be gone. Nightwing as a persona. Mm-hmm. My prediction is that Tim Drake will become Red Robin. Robin will be taken over by Damien. And then Batman will be Nightwing. For the time being until they figure out a way to bring Bruce back. And that's my prediction. And I'll stick to that for now, and hopefully it won't change until the end, and then we can find out that I was right. I don't mind him being Red Robin. I really hope that they don't make it Jason Todd, because as much as I'd like for them to do something productive with Jason Todd, I really can't see them doing a whole series revolving around them. Now, Tim, at this point, he's... I think that... I I wouldn't mind him graduating from the Robin Cow, because I think that Robert traditionally should be a younger person, a youth, and... They've kind of stretched Tim's age out for a while now. Like, he was in 11th grade before, you know, one year later and everything else. So, by deduction, he should be like a high school senior by now, unless he got held back or whatever due to traveling the world with Bruce. But, I mean, he's bordering, even if you stretch the timeline and do the math, he's bordering 18, 19 at this point. He's just about an adult. And Grayson graduated into Nightwing, and a lot of good stuff happened. Him, maybe it's time for Tim to form his own identity. The only thing there is the logical deduction would be is that the new Robin would be Damien, and Damien is not a likable character. And I don't know if a lot of fans would want to follow him as Robin, and it'll be Jason Todd all over again, where everyone's just hating him. And you know, pretty soon we're going to be calling the one nine hundred number to get Damien blown up. Also, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. When as soon as you said he was an unlikable character. Yeah, but then he'll just come back, like, you know, 15 years later, like the Jason Todd coming to bite us in the butt right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know what? I, I, I would say, I would say, since Jeff Lowe brought back Jason Todd, that, okay, Jason Todd, I'm going to accept the fact that he's back, okay? <laughs> and, and I'm going to accept it, and it's been all these years. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and take it. But make Jason Todd, like, a villain that's just just real cruel, real, you know, not psychopath. Well, you know, he's kind of, kind of a little bit psycho, (laughs) but make him like another villain for Batman. That's just like, he's just out there. You know what I mean? Cause I don't, I don't want it. I I don't want Jason Todd to come back and say, Oh, you know, it's going to be on good terms. No. I mean, this, (laughs) this guy has, you know, he's got criminal instincts now. You know what I mean? So, at the end of Countdown, they have him walking away with Harley Quinn and Holly Robinson, you know, who was Catwoman's friend, and she was kind of the substitute Catwoman. And those are kind of three anti-heroes, and I was thinking, okay, maybe they'll do a series about the three of them. That would actually be interesting, and I might actually read that, but instead they went in another direction, I guess, with Harley and Holly and Jason Todd, but... You know, we got three anti-heroes, and Harley's got a fan base, and Holly used to be Catwoman. I mean, these are kind of three Batman family rejects, and it, it could have been a good thing, but I, they just don't know what to do with Jason, period. They tried to get him together with Donna Troy. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. that, that, that Dick Grayson would not have been too pleased. Yeah, the, the one thing that's interesting about Jason Todd is that if we're going to make him a villain, like you said, Apple, 
we need to maybe make them like kind of like Hush and Two-Face mixed together, not have some kind of, you, you just got to flip a coin, but be as basically brutal and cruel as Hush, and not really caring about anything but himself. But at the same time, make him a villain where all he wants to do is just punish Batman and the Batman family because of what happened to him. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, it, it wouldn't be that hard. I mean, and it, it would be like something that's, you know, really cool. You know, in the Battle for the Cow, I told you I like that the Batman with the with the dual guns. He just looks cool. What if Jason Todd comes along and, you know, he has like some form of e- evilish Batman suit that, you know, kind of resembles a Batman suit, but has his own style to it. And he just carry that persona. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I would like that much better. Alright, so let's cover some of these interesting remarks that were asked and answered at the panel. One of the first ones that was asked was, was Bane ever considered for Battle for the Cow, similar to what happened with Nightfall? The answer was given by Mike Martz, and his answer was, his involvement in Secret Six made him a little too busy. So, unfortunately, despite having some Gotham Knight issues where Bane was helping out Batman, it does not look like that would have been happening because... Of his involvement with the Secret Six, and honestly, the character of Bane is not the same character that was in Gotham Knights helping Batman anymore. Another one was, will we see more T- Tim vs. Damien? Mike March said yes. Will Paul Dini be involved in future Batman books? Mike March replied yes, perhaps in more than one spot, which I am very glad about. Mm-hmm. Will the Batman books be tying into Blackest Night at all? Ian Sattler said yes. Will the fate of Wayne Enterprises be decided in Battle for the Cowl? And Tony Daniels said there's some foreshadowing in the first issue, but that will mostly be handled in the June books. The next one is kind of funny. It says, is Renee Montoya on an alternate Earth? Greg Rucker replied, no. Is Grant Morrison on an alternate Earth? Yes. (laughs) I love that one. need to be to understand his stories. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so another one was, what is Joker doing during this whole battle for the cow? Settler says, you have to wait a while for the Joker to appear again. Another one was, will the whole DC Universe be involved in Battle for the Cow? Tony Daniels said, not really. We're going to see a few of the central characters, like Tim Drake, Dick Grayson, and Jason Todd as the main focus of the story. The battle is pretty much a three-way battle. It's going to be limited to just Gotham City. It's a very personal battle. And then the, another question that was asked that kind of leads right into that as, as well as, are there people who are going to support the different sides of the battle for Batman? And Tony Daniels said, there's a network in Gotham City that Batgirl and Dick put together to control Gotham. There will be characters with whom they are close. There's also another point where, who, what are the major villains doing now that there's chaos in Gotham? And Tony Daniels said, Two-Face and the Penguin have gained alliances with bad guys choosing sides in the battle for Gotham. Commissioner Gordon is losing control, and people are asking him to step down. He's considering calling in the National Guard. We also see the return of an old villain who's kind of new again. So my question is, who could this old villain be? Hmm. Villain that's new. Who haven't we seen for a while? Well, we have. Well, there's plenty of people we haven't seen for quite some time, but that doesn't mean... <laughs> I mean, I could name off a ton of, you know... People we've put into the spotlight character that nobody cares about anymore, but I don't know if any of them would be big enough to do. I mean, one person we haven't seen for a while is Mr. Freeze. Yeah, that's true. Oh, uh, no, hold on. Didn't we see him in the Batman R.I.P. tie-in in with Hush? Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. I mean, oh. I, don't think, I don't think he fought Freeze directly, but Mr. Freeze did give Hush the, like, stuff to freeze Selina's heart. I mean, th- there was a lot of... With the Hush storyline, there was a lot of indirect heroes. The problem is, when you look at the overall appearances of the villains during R.I.P., you really didn't have anybody, any main villains, I should say. Joker appeared in R.I.P. towards the end, and in the Hush one, it was basically Hush, and then there was like an occasional appearance by someone here or there. But nobody who's been... There hasn't really been villains around for almost an entire year. So it can be pretty open for anything. And they could just give him a new twist where when he says a new again, he could really just mean he has a See, new it look. depends on what they mean by like old, you know, like a few years old, a few decades old. I mean, it yeah. could be Dr. Friggin' Death from the 1930s. Yeah. But 
I mean, we we know it's we know we're going to see Man Bat because there's a Man Bat one shot. As far as who else we're going to see, I don't really know. I mean, we know Two Face and Penguin. They said Joker's not going to be around for a while. The only people they really haven't mentioned is let's see, Poison Ivy, like the major ones, I should say, Poison Ivy, Mister Freeze. What about the ventriloquist? But Adam Wesker comes back instead of the mob daughter. Well, the problem with that is then you're getting into the, the contradiction of what happened one year later where they come back and Two-Face is, you know, putting together a crew and he's not really putting together a crew. He's just warning everybody and then all those villains get shot and killed. Well, that just contradicts it. And honestly, I think at this point and based on some of the things that the Dio said at the DC Nation, DC Universe panels, it is almost seeming like he wants to stay away from killing more and more people because it's becoming harder and harder to figure out ways to bring them back without, as Josh always says, Superboy Prime going and punching a wall. So, <laughs> I don't know I don't know if they're going to necessarily bring somebody back that they've killed before, but either way, it, it, it's interesting. Punch Superboy Prime's wall if he keeps on bringing back all these dead people. <laughs> yeah, the ventriloquist um, coming back. You know, and, and, and I had a theory, by the way, about this Battle of the Cal stuff, you know, if I can go off for a moment here. Maybe there's not going to be one Batman. Remember when Superman came back and we had Action Comics feature, I think, The Eradicator, and then Man of Steel featured Steel, and then Adventures featured Connell, Superboy. So maybe there'll be multiple Batman, and because of the whole Batman as an urban myth thing that goes around Gotham, that kind of fits into their thing, the contradicting stories and views of Batman. You know, we might have a Dick Grayson Batman, a Jason Todd Batman, and I wonder if Jason Todd is Batman, if Damien would be his Robin, because I could actually see the two of them working together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I could see and, that, you know, too. Because can you see Dick Grayson working with Damien? No. no. I mean, no. It, it could happen. I mean, you know, he did work with, you know, Ravager, because he wanted to stop her from being a killer. He might try and rehabilitate Damien and make him likable, but... That might actually be a good storyline now that I mention it. But well, here, here's another idea too. What like playing off that idea? If there are, let's say, a couple different Batman, which would work in one way or the other. Let's say, let's say because the reason why they're having all of these series come June is because there's a Batman in each one of them. Yeah, the to same. feature each one. Batman and Robin could feature the Jason Todd. Detective we know is going to feature Batwoman. Let's say Batman itself is featuring Nightwing, and then let's say the other one, Batman Streets of Gotham, is more with, you know, Tim Drake. Right. Who I mean, may there's, there's like a thousand Robin. different ways this could play out, but it, it, it's it, that is a kind of an interesting point. And one of the things that kind of goes against my prediction of who's going to end up being Batman at the end of this is that... They, Tony Daniels said specifically that Nightwing doesn't believe that there should be a Batman. Uh, not should be a Batman, but there should be no one to replace Batman. And Tim Drake thinks that there sh- should be somebody who does replace Bruce Wayne. And that that's the one thing that's contradicting my idea currently as far as if Nightwing doesn't think that Batman should be replaced, then how could he become Batman? But at the same time, it could always change around and he could right. sit there and be like... I've got, you know, I've got to carry on this because I, I think I'm the only person who really can do it the way he would want it to be done. Mm-hmm. Better me than Damien or Jason Todd or yeah. Harvey Dent for some reason, according to that promo image. Or maybe even Tommy Elliott. He's got the face. I hope he's the I was going to say one thing. I hope Tommy Elliott is that, that Batman with the with the two guns. You know what I mean? Well, because in that promo image, though, he's holding Damien kind of by the shoulders, and it's Bruce Wayne, but everyone's speculating that it's Tommy because he has the hush bandages by his feet. So I don't think he's the two-gun Batman. I, w- I want to know who that guy is. Well, it looks so cool. It could it's be Adam Jason. West. Well, it, could be Jason. it could be Jason Todd, too, because Jason Todd's not in that picture either. Oh, and then it just completes it, uh, completes yep. the circle and from me hating him that, to me liking him. Remember the DC Nation thing with the different quotes, and one of them with choices was Jason Todd, and one of them was, I will be the greatest Batman ever. That kind of sounds like something that an egotistical Jason Todd would say, because you really can't see Tim Drake saying it. I mean, can you? You know, he Tim Drake wouldn't try and claim to be better than Bruce, so. Yeah. <laughs> but Jason has the ego, so. All right, so there was a ton of other things that were asked and answered. 
your best bet is to head over to Newsarama, type in Bell for the Cow Panel, NYCC, because we're not going to cover everything because there's a lot of things that really don't need to be covered. But though we wanted to really cover the Battle for the Cow stuff is and talk about the new series that are coming in June. Now the other thing is, if you want, you can head over to DC Comics. Dot com and they have a Battle for the Cow checklist now available on their site under the Downloads, Podcast, whatever, Column section. I don't know what it's called. It's under Downloads, and then click on the Special, and there's a Battle for the Cow PDF file that you can print out for yourself, similar to what they did with RIP, but in a much larger form. So head over there and check that out if you don't keep track of comics and you want to make sure you're picking up everything. You pretty much have to not know what's going on at all to not know what to pick up but that's just me i could definitely get into the superhero gig so that's gonna wrap that up let's go over to nick with bat books for beginners and let's hear about batman prey Again, and welcome to another exciting Bat Books for Beginners segment. I'm your host Nick, and today we're looking at Batman Grey. It's the third story arc in the Legends of the Dark Knight series, published in 1990-91. After the disappointing first story arc, Shaman, the second, Gothic, Redeemer series, a bit. However, I think this arc is the first top quality story in the series, and it's written by someone whose name I'm not quite sure of, but I'm going to have a guess, Doug Monk, who was written for the Batman comic from 1983 to 1986, and then again from 92 to 98, and he's also written in Detective Comics from 83 to 86, as well as being heavily involved in the Legends of the Dark Knight series, which is what we're currently looking at, writing several story arcs. Prey was inked by another tough name to pronounce, Paul Gulacci, who has worked on the Legends of the Dark Knight series as well as the Catwoman series, and it's inked by Terry Austin, who's worked on Detective Comics. So, let's dive right in, and here's the plot. Doctor Strange Now, the tale is set in an interesting period in the Batman's career. He's still a little uncertain in his dealings with the police, and lacking even a car to facilitate his crusade. Batman is just beginning to build a relationship with Captain James Gordon when, as usual, a gung-ho mayor orders a crackdown on the bat-garbed vigilante. Gordon, unwilling to throw his full weight behind the order, puts Max Core in charge of the new anti-bat task force. But Core proves more resourceful than Gordon expected, especially after joining forces with the crazed but brilliant Dr. Hugo Strange. Strange displays an unusual number of fetishes involving mannequins and bat costumes, which become quite disturbing as the story progresses. Strange works to uncover Batman's secret identity while persuading Court to prowl the night as an even more vicious vigilante, the Night Scourge, in an attempt to discredit Batman. Meanwhile, Catwoman begins to make her first few nights out encountering Batman and she's disappointed that the media thinks that she is Batman's partner. Max Core is eager to capture the Batman, dead or alive, and even though Batman presents a peace offering, Core is not interested. He goes on a rampage, capturing and punishing criminals with a much more vicious style than Batman. He confronts Catwoman on a rooftop above a party, followed by an excellent fight with Batman. Strange then goes on to kidnap the mayor's daughter, disguised as Batman, intensifying the hatred against Batman. Bruce is unable to cope with all of his problems and has a mental breakdown, hallucinating about his parents and attacking Alfred in the process. Once he's recovered, Bruce reveals his new Batmobile and heads off to confront Strange. Strange lets slip that he has framed Batman as he reveals his scheme to Bruce. Little does he know that he's being recorded and Gordon bursts through the door and they find the mayor's daughter tied up in Strange's bedroom. Strange flees from the police and is shot as he dives into the river, and is presumed dead. To tie up the loose end, Gordon reveals his suspicions of Court to Batman, who follows Court and discovers the truth that he is the Night Scourge. A final battle ensues, 
and Catwoman turns up to save him. Court runs to the police but is shot dead when he confronts Gordon with a gun. Gordon informs the mayor of Batman's aid in the investigation, putting Batman on better terms with the mayor and the city. He's a silent guardian, a watchful protector, a dark knight. Now some critics say the story could easily have been shorter, but I felt it was quite a good length. I think you need that much time to create enough interest in two different villains, especially with one as complex as Doctor Strange. However, the plotting of the book is a bit abrupt. Examples include Batman and Gordon deducing that Strange and Court are villains, with very little evidence, and the simple climax is anticlimactic. After five chapters, you're expecting something requiring a little more cunning and excitement, with Strange being such a psychological enemy. I also feel Strange is never fully explained and we never quite understand his motives, which are required for a character of his nature, whereas the Night Scourge is a bit one-dimensional with his simple I-want-to-kill-Batman motive. The throwing in of Catwoman is a nice touch, but is a bit pointless. She doesn't add anything to the plot and you wonder, why is she there? I did really enjoy Batman's life without a Batmobile, especially when he had to walk home one night. When we finally see the Batmobile, it looks great. Now the art by Paul Galacci is pretty effective and creates a great mood and style for the story. It's detailed and realistic and makes in all a great looking book. Galacci does seem to use a lot of images of naked women. For example, they're either wearing nothing but bed sheets or there's a panel of a, a naked catwoman silhouette. I wouldn't usually pick up on this, but it's used so frequently it gets a bit ridiculous. It becomes like the Austin Powers films, where there would be a, a scene where there's a naked character and there's something always blocking the view. And it, and it ends up a bit like that. Galacci was quite creative to keep blocking the nudity, but it became a bit excessive. You've got a serious priority problem. All in all, I'd give it 4 out of 5 Batarangs. It's an interesting story, but not quite a satisfactory ending. And it's missing that extra special something to put it up in a 5 out of 5. But the shortfalls of the plot are made up by the excellent artwork, and it deals with the psychology very well, and has some good action moments too. So I think it's a book most fans can enjoy. And it's certainly the best one out of the Legends of the Dark Knight series so far. So we've finally got a decent book out of the series. Next time I'm reviewing Batman Venom. I know it's a very popular book. I just got it today. Looking forward to reading it. Um, we've got some new forums on the BatmanUniverse.net. And then they haven't been used as much as we'd hoped. So get on over there. Where are you? Especially in the BBFB section. Bit of banter would be great. What books did you love? What books didn't you love? I've put a reading list on there so you guys can get a bit further ahead since I didn't think two weeks was quite long enough for you guys to get the next book. And I've also put an area on there for feedback so do please let me know what you're thinking, what you want to hear, what you want to hear less of. Just let me know. So do your best to get hold of Batman Venom and I'll see you next time on the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. See ya. Okay, so that was Batman Prey. Go ahead and pick up Batman Venom for the next episode of Bat Books for Beginners and we'll, you guys can discuss that as he mentioned on the forums under po- the podcast section click under the forum section that says Bat Books for Beginners and you can discuss all the different ones that he has done in the past and he has a reading list on there so you guys can pick up the stuff ahead of time so you can know exactly what we're doing now he mentioned on the site I just want to make a mention of it We basically Nick and I created a list comprising all of the Batman story arcs for a long, long time into a giant, not list, but something we put together to basically make sense of the, all the story arcs in continuity and chronological form as far as all the different stories. So that's what the plan is. So this could be going on for, I mean, a long, long time. Some people have been mentioning, don't forget to, to throw this and this in. He's only listed a couple of the next ones. He hasn't really... He hasn't listed the whole list because that would kind of defeat the whole purpose of the segment. So go pick that up. Tune in tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. All right, so let's go over the 
upcoming releases for the next two weeks. We have February 18th, we have Superman Batman number 55. As we talked about earlier, Batman and the Outsiders, The Snare. Birds of Prey number 127, which will be the final issue of Birds of Prey. On February 25th, we have the final issue of Batman Cacophony number 3, which is, as I said, the final issue. We have Batman Gotham After Midnight number 10, and Batman the Brave and the Bold number 2. So, not a whole lot of comics in the next two weeks, but there are some. As far as next time, what we are going to be covering is we will be covering Birds of Prey number 126, Robin number 182, Superman Batman Annual number 3, Batman number 685, Batman Gotham After Midnight number 9, and we will be covering the very first issue of Batman the Brave and the Bold. So look forward to those comics the next time you guys hear us. The other thing I wanted to just throw out there, there's been seeming to be a whole lot of problems with iTunes, and... I just want to give an apology out to all of you who use iTunes and for some reason it's not working. There was problems, we resolved all the problems, but for whatever reason there are still some people out there who are not being able to download the episodes on iTunes. I can't, we we have absolutely no explanation and we're blaming it on iTunes because I can download the episodes and I'm not having any issues. So it's not the website because if I can get an episode through iTunes from the website then I can easily, other people can too. And there's only a few people out there who are mentioning that they can't get stuff, and I honestly don't have a good explanation for it. So, bear with iTunes as they are slow and sometimes not working correctly. Mm-hmm. And don't forget to go out there and leave us a review on iTunes also. Yeah, head over to iTunes, leave us a review. Also register on the forums, leave comments about the episode itself. We've got a bunch of things that we're putting in place to make the comic section for the website a lot better, and we're actually renovating the entire website. And no specific date on that to let you all know when that's going to be happening, but just keep in mind we have a lot of things that we're doing. The news might not be being updated as frequently as you may expect just because there's so many other things going on behind the scenes. So just bear with us. As always, we're trying to put out the best product for you guys to work with. We don't have any more time. So that is going to about wrap everything up. This is Dustin. This is Apple. Got Josh. And you've been listening to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Later, guys.